home for Southeast Motorsports coverage. Here's your host, Tom Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Lead Lap Show. My name is Tom Baker, and we are, as always, coming to you from the WSIC studio in Statesville, North Carolina. Talk racing and nothing but racing for the next uh, hour or so. Glad to have you with us. Our special guest in the studio is a third-generation racer who competes on a weekly basis at the Hickory Motor Speedway, which happens to be, for those of you who don't know, the second longest-running NASCAR uh, weekly racing series track in the entire country. If you ask what the first is, it's also here in North Carolina, Bowman Gray Stadium, then Hickory, and then Greenville Pickens. They're the three um, longest running active NASCAR. I think it's the Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series now uh, tracks in the entire nation. And we are fortunate to have all of those here in the Carolinas. Michael races at Hickory. Welcome to the program, Michael Bumgarner. It's good to have you on. Yeah, oh, well, let's turn your mic on. There you go. Yeah, thanks for having there me. There we go. It works much better when I put your mic level up. Um, so it's uh, it's great to have you here. Talk a little bit, first of all, about Let's start with the current season. You've had a multitude of wins this year. Um, talk about your 2022 season so far. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been it's been pretty good so far. Uh, we've gotten five wins so far. We're uh, looking to pick up the six this weekend, so hopefully we can get that. But uh, other than that, man, it, you really can't ask for a better season than that to start off with. It's uh, first year running cars this year, so uh you know, just just learning for the most part and uh, getting the feel for everything. So it's uh, it's went pretty smooth so far. So uh, now talk about the division you're racing a little bit. Uh, racing the limited late model division. Okay. So it's uh, just a uh, one below the late model. It's just uh-huh. really just a motor and a carburetor change, depending on what kind of motor package you have. But other than that, it really ain't that big of a difference from the late model division. Now, how many years have you been in this division and talk about your career? Give us a walk, walk us through your career when you got started. And we know what got you started. It was the fact that uh, you've had two generations before you that have been involved in the sport and been a part of Hickory motor speedway. And you're a third gen racer, but how old were you when you started and just kind of walk us through the career a little bit? Uh, well, I run my first race, uh, at the 127 speedway over in uh, Bethlehem, North carolina and uh uh, we just run a few races here and there i started out ran about one race and then uh i wouldn't say i got burnt out but i took a little break and just obviously i was younger really wasn't that into it played sports so but then uh, oh okay for uh, a few years after that we got back into it and i was about nine or ten and we were running at the uh woodleaf speedway we ran there for a few years okay and then uh just it just snowballed from there and just kept running bigger go-kart races and then we also we ran at uh liberty raceway park in uh uh near greensboro and it just kind of snowballed from there and uh i've been in love with it ever since been we uh ran some bigger go-kart races uh, for about the past i'd say five years up until this past year we stopped and uh, obviously moved up into the limited late model this is your first year in a limited you went from a go-kart straight to a limited yes wow that's a big, uh, drastic change, but of course, you know, you're, you just turned 19, so you're plenty old enough to adjust, right? Um, I'm curious, you said for, for a while, 
in your younger days, you really weren't that interested in racing. How does that happen when your dad and your granddad have been so much a part of the sport? Oh, no, no, no. I don't mean to get confused. No, I was into it. It's just uh, at the at the time, uh, my dad, my, obviously my dad was racing. He was, I was with him at Hickory. And right. I, and, and I was playing sports off and on. So uh, we run for a little bit. And at that time, Dad was still racing his race, his uh, oh, late model. Okay. Yeah. okay. So then I ended up just playing sports for about a year or so. I see. And then that's okay. when we kind he kind of stopped, and then I kind of took over okay. and was racing go karts and stuff. So you were just waiting for him to get it all, get all, all yeah. of it out of his system. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it's like, okay, I'll take over now. So you were how old when you started? Uh, seven. Seven. Okay. So you've been racing now about twelve years, eleven, twelve years. And this is your first year in a big car. What was the adjustment like coming out of a go-kart? Obviously, it was pretty easy because you've won five times. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say it wasn't difficult, but, it, I mean, it's went pretty smooth for me, luckily. We we really haven't had that big, that big of any mishaps or anything really going wrong. So we've been lucky for the most part, but... Other than just adjusting to the big car, obviously, you know, the reaction time is going to be, I wouldn't say, in a go-kart, you got to be pretty quick with the wheel, race car, everything kind of moves. I wouldn't say slower, but uh, you really can't be that quick with the wheel when you're, when correcting or obviously getting after it. But yeah, other than that, it's just the really feel of the car and, and what I need to do for setup and what I need to feel, what the car's doing. And, I mean, honestly, by now, it's, it's, it's pretty normal. Everything's pretty went smooth, and, I mean... Whatever adjustments we need to make, we can make, and it goes pretty smooth. I'm sure that the first time you got in the car, there had to be some nerves. Do you remember what that was like, and when was it? I mean, I'm sure you tested before you got in the race. Yeah, so our first race was the fall brawl last year. Okay. And we, I think we tested maybe twice. Okay, but you did get some time. Yeah, yeah, we got got a little bit of test time. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I was definitely nervous by far. Obviously, the dad was a. Uh, he'd bring his suit and he'd get in it and, and check it down, and so he knows what it's feeling because obviously I wasn't going to know right off the bat what it was going to feel like. But, sure. Uh, yeah, I was definitely nervous, but uh, I was able to hope, luckily pick up pretty quickly, and uh, now we can go to the track and just do our deal. And it's uh, it's always been working out for us pretty. How good. did you do in the fall, bro? Uh, we ran fifth. Wow! First we, time in the car. Yeah, we. we wow. We got sticker tires for that race, obviously for really the big tire shortages and stuff. Yeah. But we got sticker tires for that race, and uh, I think we qualified sixth, kind of messed up. And we qualified sixth and uh, kind of rode fifth, stayed right in fifth, got up to third. I was running third with about two to go and got into it with a few guys. Uh, racing hard at the end, everybody's going for everything, and kind of got sure. jacked up and stuck three wide and ended up falling back to fifth and just – Got beat around a little bit towards the end, but we all in all, we ended up finishing fifth, so it really wasn't that bad, just minor cosmetic damage. What's it like for your dad now? What was the change like for him to not be in the car? Because I know some dads have a hard time with that transition because they're no longer in control. They're they're having to just kind of watch, and it's your kid, so... You know, you're. That's why I always. It's it's funny because I always thought some dads make. I think I don't think dads make good spotters for the most part because just too many conflicting emotions going on and whatever. But how is it for for your dad? 
It's it's pretty smooth. He's he's pretty all right with it. Obviously, he 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 did his racing, so I think yeah. he's kind of he's kind of moved into the crew chief role, which I think he enjoys it just as much as, much as he did driving. Sure, but uh, because it's your kid, yeah. And uh, <laughs> we we work pretty well together. I mean, we I mean, if something goes wrong, we're not at each other's throat. We can we could talk about it and get it worked out. And uh, and yeah, he does my spot, and so it's uh it's it's pretty smooth. I mean, nothing really. You know, if something goes wrong or something happens, he don't blow up or like it, if something goes wrong. We can handle it pretty calmly. Okay. And after the race, if something did happen or I wasn't doing something right, we can talk about it and get everything straightened out. And I I think that's why it just works so well right now. So so he is the exception to the rule. Your dad actually is a good spotter. Yeah, at least for you. Yes, for me. Yeah. Yes, he's yeah. a really good spotter. Yeah, you always wonder how it would change if you weren't uh, his son, right? Um, you know what? How that that sort of mentality changes about spotting a, a another driver. But um, so when you first started, what was the biggest challenge that you had to face with the late model? Uh, I think really just just getting the feel for it. I mean, it's all about you know getting the feel of the car and what you need to do and 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 how it's how it's reacting and what you need to do for setup. Like, I mean, I don't obviously just get into where I knew what uh, what to tell him what it needed if it was too tight or if it was too loose. And I kind of struggled with that the first race. Obviously, the car was set up more towards the tight side because I really ain't raced at all before, so it was just. Just really, just getting the setup down, and and by now we're halfway through the season. I'm pretty comfortable and pretty confident of uh, what I think it needs, and uh, usually we can get it figured out pretty quick with the the tires that we're on uh, the in any given race day. So it's a uh, it's it's been a little bit difficult, but overall pretty good. Well, and and I feel like obviously you've been around Hickory so long because I'm sure even when your dad was racing, right, you were at the track. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. so. Um, it probably doesn't feel at all strange to you to be in, in the car because it was, if this were a different track, maybe it'd be more of an adjustment, but it, you probably knew what to do even before you ever took your first laps, I would imagine. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many laps I watched him go around that place. I mean, just, and just study. I just didn't just, you know, kids, you know, they just pay attention. They yeah. just watch, but I was like, does I studied, I always paid attention to whatever he was doing and just watched every single lap. And it, I mean, and definitely it's helped just being around it in general has helped a lot. Sure. And, uh, yeah. Were, were you a good student in school? Depends on who you ask. <laughs> uh, uh, obedient wise yeah i was all right you know paying attention and 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 staying focused was probably not one of my strong suits okay but i wouldn't say i was too bad of a student but i was all right i made it through anyway okay so uh a's and b's or did we kind of yeah no i was the pack? i was a b student okay. i wasn't that bad but yeah. it overall it, it wasn't too bad i ask that because i think that really plays a lot into um learning to race because i think you got to be very smart you got to be be able to um to adapt and to learn things quickly so the same process you would use you know to learn anything in school that's how you learn how to race there's it's not a natural you know sport you yeah. you have to absorb um like you said you were picking up on everything your your dad did um now wh- when tell me about you tell us a, first of all let's 
talk about, well, well actually, we're going to take a break first because I don't want to run us out of time. And when we come back, I want to talk about your granddad and we'll kind of walk through all of that. All right. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, guys, this is Nathan Bird, a.k.a. Birdman, and you're listening to Lead Lab Radio. Welcome back to Lead Lab. Uh, the Birdman, Nathan Bird, took a heck of a ride at the Oswego Speedway in a super modified car last weekend. Uh, he was at full speed coming down the front straightaway, and something in the right front suspension broke. He had no brakes, no steering, and piled it straight into the first turn wall. Thankfully, Oswego uses foam blocks in the corners uh, in front of the steel wall, uh, but still, the car pretty much totaled, but Nathan was okay. Thank God. So, uh, yeah, tough, uh, tough weekend for Nathan Bird with Muldoon Racing up north at the Oswego Speedway. Meanwhile, we are... Uh, Sitting in the WSIC studio, we have Michael Bumgarner with us, and Michael's a third-generation driver. Now, you were named after your granddad, who kind of started the whole thing for your family in racing. It's all his fault, as we would say. So talk about what do you know about your granddad's career, and did you ever get to see him race? No, uh, no, he, he sadly, he passed away in 1988, ah, which was okay. way before I was born. Okay, I was sure, thought, right. But. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, he started out in, I guess it would be called the Bomber Division at Hickory Motors. Okay. And he started racing in that, and then it just snowballed from there. He, uh, I think he ran limited for the longest time. Okay. Just with the money and the budget, and it was obviously cheaper. And he ran that for the longest time, and uh, for, I know won a bunch of races. And uh, a few championships. I think, I think he only won one late model race. I think it was called. Uh, it was a big late model race. That used to be called the Mountain Dew race. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. I think that's the only okay. late model race he won. And yeah. Wow. And, yeah. How long did he race? Do you know? Uh, I don't exactly know. I know he quit. A f- few years before he passed away, I think he kind of okay. just back, uh, just was slowing down and and stopped racing by then. Uh, so mid eighties, sometime probably. Uh, yeah, I'd say eighty six, eighty seven, okay, or something like that. He he may have stopped maybe a year or so. Uh, yeah. Now, when did your dad start racing? Uh, he started racing go karts in the. Early nineties, mid nineties. Oh wow! Okay. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's when he started racing. And then uh, he once he raced go karts for a few years. I think when he's about sixteen, he uh, uh, he moved up and and started running mini stocks. Okay. Of course, back then you had to be sixteen to race a big car. Yeah. You know, there was none of this like we have now, where you can be eleven and be in a late model. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's something that started during the um, Ryan Blaney Chase Elliott generation is where that all kind of got started. And I think they were two of the ones that that were kind of catalysts for that whole movement uh, because they got to run. I think it was the Pass South Tour and uh, there was another tour. And I know that Ryan... Um, and I don't think Chase could have been much over 12 or 13 either, but I know Ryan was only like 13 when he started. And so that's how recent that 
trend was. So, of course, your dad would have probably had to wait till he was 16 to race a full-size car. So talk about his career a little bit. Uh, yeah, like I said, he started at mini stocks and uh, just uh, worked his way up and run mini stocks. And then uh, I think for a little bit, I don't exactly know what they're called, the uh, uh, they're, uh, l- uh, smaller cars. Uh, I can't exactly remember what they're called. He ran them for a little bit. Okay. Uh, and then he moved up to Limited and ran Limited for a few years. And then after that, I don't exactly know what the time frame of this. Then he obviously moved up to Late Model and ran Late Model on his own, doing his own deal on his budget. And then was uh, then he was picked up to drive the uh, Country Chair uh, uh, Country Chair 95 car okay. for the, the Littles for yep. the longest time. He run that for a few years and uh, uh, won a lot of big races, a lot of late model races in the uh, early to mid two thousands. And then uh, after that, he moved up and ran the Super Truck Series. After he got done running, I remember him in that series. Yeah, he, he ran the Super Truck Series, won a lot of races in it, won the championship in yeah. it, and then he, he took a little break after that and. Then has the car that actually I'm running out. He built. Okay. That he run late model from 2010 to 2012, off and on for a limited schedule, and I think we won about 12 races. Was he still not running super trucks at that time too, or was he just focusing on the late model? Uh, I don't. I think he he did. He once he stopped running the super truck, then he uh, built that late model. Okay. The okay. late model that I so have now. So he didn't now. race both at the same time? No. Way. Okay. Yeah. When did you start? Uh, I mean, you're you're 19, so when would you have started going to the track with him and kind of being uh, exposed to all that? Uh, well, I was about seven or eight. So, okay. So obviously he was racing a little bit at that time right before I got started. So no, yeah, when, whenever he was at the track, I was at the track. I was in the pits. Okay. More likely in the way, but I was there. <laughs> Talk about that. What's what do you mean by that? In the way, well, when you're younger, I mean, obviously, seven, eight, you're not going to be sitting air pressure or right. You, you know, putting Wait, fans on the who car. Who knows? You could be. I mean, maybe, but for the most <laughs> part, I was just there around it and trying to gotcha. stay out of the way, just more like it in the way. But just being around it, I just love being around it. Even yeah. at that age, it was just. I mean, you get to a point where you're, you know, you're going to be dead set. This is probably what you're going to do forever if you can, as long as you can. So. Yeah. But yeah, as early as I can remember. I was... Now, were you sort of the one saying, come on, Dad, I want to start racing? Or was it kind of just, okay, I'll do this till you're ready? I mean, did you guys talk about all the all this? Or how did it come about that there was it was just that time for him to sort of retire and you to take over the family business? So well... The the carton deal like they got me a they got me the go kart for one of my for uh, I think it was for one of my birthdays I got the go kart okay well then we went and raced out of the back of his truck at one twenty seven and at the start I really wasn't into it I would just I mean when you're that young you really you're really not into it I don't want to say you're not into it but you don't know if you don't going. know what you're doing. You're, yeah, you, you don't. I always like to say that you don't even know what your name is yet, right? You're just out there driving you, in you, circles, yeah. going, "Hey, look, I'm racing." At the start, it was like we're going to go race, and I was just like, "Okay, we'll go race." Yeah, and, you, and it got to a point where we were racing, and then you get to that age, like nine or ten, and it's to a point where 
your the way I look at it is there's some kids that they get pushed into it. Like their dad's okay. like, you're right. going to race. Yeah. But dad was like, if you don't want to race, you tell me. We'll stop and we'll sail. And you can do whatever you want to do. Sure. There's there was no forced anything was nothing was forced. I had to do racing. And then obviously at, at that point I was pretty much dead set. It got to a point where like I was telling him what I want to go race. I mean, when you're younger, he's saying, all right, we're going to go race this, this, and this. Sure. And then it gets to a point where. Well, let's go race this race. Well, let's go race that race. Or it was like it got to the point where it was mutual. Like, yeah, we're gonna go race. Okay, that was it. That's how it was going to be. Uh-huh. So it got to that point where I was like, I'm all in. Whatever, whatever it takes, we, we can do it. Yeah. And, and uh, what were the requirements of you in terms of working on the cart and you know, kind of being a part of that as opposed to just showing up and driving? Did your dad kind of teach you early how to? how to do everything so that you were more of a part of it? Yeah, well, when I was younger, obviously, he did a majority of the work, and I would help out here and there, you right. know, washing the go-car and doing stuff like that. And then, uh, obviously, when I got older, it'd be, you get out there on a Sunday, and you unload the whole trailer and, and get it ready. Obviously, he would help, and, and I'd have the trailer unloaded, and sometimes we'd race two go-karts, so you got to take the motor and the clutches and drain the gas and have them ready to clean and then once I get everything prepped and ready, then he'd come out there and help me wash the go karts. We'd each wash one to get it done quick. But yeah, and no, I, I was definitely out there around it and helping him out. I mean, you really it makes you appreciate it more. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's just me. It was just me and him doing it. So sure. you obviously you really appreciate it, especially when we got to a point in go kart racing where we were winning a lot of big races. We won the Maxis National Championship. Oh wow! And we won the Tri-State Championship, which is a national level series. Yeah. And just, I mean, in uh, I think it was 2018, we started off really rough that year. We couldn't win anything. It was just bad. And around, I can't say midway, we won. I finally broke through one my first big race, which is a $2,000 race, the American Dream, up in Providence, oh, wow. Virginia. Yeah. And, uh and then after that, man, it snowballed. It was a month, month and a half. It was two thousand, three thousand, five thousand, two thousand dollar races, just like over and over and over. And then we won the nationals that year too. And it was, I mean, and it was just me. It was just uh, my uncle was helping do the tires, but it was just us doing our own deal. I mean, oh you wow, got kids competing out. against all the arrive and drive programs. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's hard to beat them guys. It is, especially doing it on your own. I was like. The tire deal is those guys have like five plus drivers. So yeah. they're out there. They're getting five trips on the racetrack because track's constantly changing on dirt. Yes. And like we get two trips on the track and we got to know what we need. And and to go out there and beat them guys and, and win the big race we did was just, it was unreal. You really also really have to be really, when you talk about tires, it's all about tire prep. Yes. So you have to be a chemist basically yeah you know it's not all about driving talent in dirt go-karts any you know it's there's a part of that that's making the right call on the tire prep so you know if you miss on that it doesn't matter how good of a driver you are you're out to lunch which is why i i got away from dirt car racing for that reason because i just didn't i didn't care for the chemistry part yeah you know it was just uh but it is interesting at those nationals boy it's hard to be an independent yes and compete against those uh major teams so 
you know, your congratulations on the success there because that's not easy to do at all. Um, and uh, it must have been actually a nice change for you to get to the late model where it was just kind of more about how good can I drive this thing? It's driver and setup. Yeah, the yeah. tires really weren't. It's not that big of a factor, right. which is nice. Yeah, very nice. Okay, uh, so we're going to step aside again. And uh, when we come back, we're going to have more with Michael Bumgarner as the Lead Lap Show continues here on WSIC. Stay with us. Welcome back to Lead Lamp. Howie DeSavino bringing us back out of the break. And Howie had his best ever finish in the NASCAR Xfinity Series a couple of weeks ago. Finished 17th. Great job, Howie, running for uh, Team Alpha Prime, which is Tommy Joe Martin's team, that uh, new organization that he formed with Cesar Baccarella going into this year. So uh, Howie running a part-time schedule doesn't get a whole lot of uh, opportunities, only a handful a year or so, and um, took advantage of uh, a lot of other people's misfortune and, and just ran a strong, steady race, finished 17th. Great job, Howie. Okay, we continue with Michael Bumgarner Jr., a third-generation driver competing in the limited late model division at Hickory Motor Speedway. Um, so, Michael, um, the your first year in late model, you've won five times in a very competitive division what i mean without giving away any secrets what do you think has been kind of the reason for your success uh well we've definitely got the setup and the car dialed in for the most part but the bad thing is with the limited light models it's all about the tire draw yes we have we uh, we draw for our tires we don't know what we're going to get the day of the race and you're just uh, for our audience you're drawing and you get a set of tires that's it's a used set. Yes. You're on, you're on scuffs basically. Yes. So, yeah, they're uh, they're 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 pre-mounted tires. The track supplies the wheels, and right. we rent the tires for 160 bucks, which is better than a late model oh, and 750 dollars sure. yeah. a week. It's 160 tires, yeah. bucks, so it's it's a good deal for the price. Yes, but uh, other than that, uh, yeah, it's all about the tire draw. It's just. It kind of sucks which tires you get because yeah. there's, there's been weeks. I mean, when we get the good tires, we have the cars and it's plenty capable. We're really good and we can win. But when you get those bad tires, it's. I mean, we there's one week we struggled to run seventh. So it's it's definitely uh, frustrating. But uh, from a, a call standpoint, it's really not that bad. It can be interesting from one set of tires to the other, right? Because a lot of it is trying to get stagger right and all of that. So how do you kind of compensate if you get a set of tires that isn't exactly what you're looking for? How do you compensate for that over the course of a race night? What other adjustments can you make? Uh, well, I mean, you can do a little bit with the stagger and air pressure and the, the track bar. But other than that, it's uh, you're just kind of at the mercy of the tires, really. It's a we really don't try to make wholesale changes because then we come back the next week and we get a and we get a good set of tires. We don't want to come back in the car and be all jacked up sure. and, and we're chasing the car. So if we have a bad set of tires and it, if the tires are punching like 55 or 50, then we, we're kind of just along for the ride. We're just going to tough it out and get the best finish we can and come back the next week. That's all we really can do at that point. So. Yeah. How, how is, uh, I mean, obviously, I think everybody in, in short track racing is seeing 
issues with tires at this point because of you know the the tire shortages and and just you know tires seem to be less reliable in some cases than maybe they they were uh in past years how is that cuz that would seem to trickle down to your division because if the new tires are sh- they're having shortages of those or if maybe they're not as durable or the quality's not quite there um you're getting a scuffed version of that sort of yeah. not quite as good tire. So, I mean, it must be doubly hard for you guys right now. Or are you still getting tires from last season? Yeah. Should oh, be hockey pucks. At there's, this point. You know, there's been tires that have been, I mean, I, I don't want to say maybe years old, like a few years old or a year old. And wow. and, and with obviously, like you said, the tire shortage, like people that get tires at the track, yeah. they're not going to leave them there when they're done with them they're going to hang on to them because they need something to test on they want decent tires to go test on if they're going to go test and these bigger teams they 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 hang on to their tires and rightfully so i mean they need something to test on just like everybody else and then it just makes it hard because then they're having to hang on to their tires and they're not that creates a shortage of the scuffs yeah and then uh, then at that point you're just uh, the tracks are just looking for whatever to throw in the pile and it's not and it's nothing of their fault with all the shortages and stuff but it it uh, it does just kind of suck but uh you know we're just making the best of it so far with the with what we got well and that's all you can really do it it just makes it more unpredictable for you and kind of gives more a little bit probably more frustrating at times because you know there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing much the track can do. Maybe exchange a tire or something if it's yeah. just really bad. But it it it's it's. I mean, still the price is right for the set of scuffs, right? But you want tires that you can work with, and that I imagine that could be kind of a tricky situation right now. I mean, you go back maybe like a year or so or two years ago in limited the yeah. tires were more even because sure. i mean obviously right. you're getting scuffed so obviously there's going to be a bad set right but you get a bad set then you're going to run like fifth right a competitive fifth not like five seconds back yeah. fifth. so yeah it's it does get a little bit frustrating but i mean at the end of the day we know what we're going to get into at the racetrack sure. we want to go race and hickory's the closest it's 20 minutes down the road so I mean, you just gotta you gotta pick your poison, really. And your division puts on such great shows. I mean, there you know you've won a bunch of races. Akinori God has been just extremely hot. Yes, um, he's won what three, four races, I think. Now, um, talk a little bit about the limited division because, in some ways, I feel like there's a lot of weeks the racing's more competitive in that division than it is in the. Late model stocks, although this year I feel like it's kind of evened out a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, uh, uh, no I've gotten to race with the Okinori Ogata a good bit this year, and uh, for, for the most part, it's not been too bad. It's been pretty clean, and we've raced hard. And, and luckily, I mean, I think Limited has been more better or better of not tearing stuff up than late model yeah. has. Because there's been a lot of guys in late oh, model gosh. that have tore stuff up week in and week out. And to be honest, I don't know how they do it. I was like, it. I mean, if if we would something bad was happening, they don't to us, think clearly yeah. sometimes. <laughs> That's how they do it. Yeah, I've had people ask bad me decisions. If, if I ask me if I'm going to move up and run a late model, and I'm like, right now, it's like I don't think I want to. Yeah, you know, but it, with what we got, we're racing. Mine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't know if you're going to leave there with a the, the clip knocked off of it or a, the whole body. 
and it's just man, it's been crazy. But there really isn't that much difference between the two. I mean, in terms of, I mean, yeah, okay, there's what half a second maybe of speed, but relatively, when you're racing side by side with people, yeah. do you really pay attention to that? I mean, you're. The whole point is competition, and boy, the limited class certainly has it. Yeah, I mean, you're going from a limited to late model, you ain't talking 100 horsepower. Right. I mean, it's not going from, like, a late model to a super late model where there's two, 300 right. horsepower difference. Exactly. So it's it's not that bad, I don't think. I don't think if once I get to a point where we do move up, it's not going to be, like, you get in and go, like, wow, we're going, like, really fast yeah. straight away. It's not going to be like that. But speed-wise or time-wise, there's been times when we've got a decent set, at the end of 50 laps, we're running just as fast as the late models at yep. the end of their second twin 40, which will be around about the same tires, depending on how many laps we get with the used tires. Sure. But, uh, yeah, it's really not that. I, I don't think it's that big of a difference. Besides just, uh, 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 I won't say talent, but uh, well, experience learning curve. And craft, yeah, ex- experience, yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah, I mean that's the limited is is the starter division usually, and then you you move it into the stock from there. So yeah, the experience base would be, but as we've seen, experience doesn't necessarily mean cleaner, better racing. No, no. <laughs> Sometimes I think experience breeds a little bit of, um, uh, you know, maybe some guys think they're better or capable of making moves that maybe they're not, and. <laughs> I feel like when you're learning, maybe you're not quite so aggressive. Sometimes. Yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't say I've been aggressive, but uh, I've gotten to a point where now, like, you're racing hard with a guy, he kind of, you're trying to get by him, he kind of cuts you off, cuts you off, yeah. well, then it gets to a point where you just go in there and you just, you just let him turn across your nose and he'll just move himself out yeah. of the way and just hold your ground, really. Right. You don't want to let people push you around because then you'll be like, well, all right, well, this guy's, be pushed around. This guy's easy. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, other than that, I don't think I've I've tried since I've been learning, and you know I'm newer, so I don't want to come in there and be like <laughs> getting after it, dooring people, roughing people up. Because then, yeah, see you. I feel like it would be somewhat easy for you to have that mindset since you're a third gen driver. It's kind of like you know, but you're not like that at all, and you're not, and you're certainly not like that as an individual. You're a very humble guy. So you're coming in saying, "Look, I got to learn the ropes. It doesn't matter what yeah. my dad, my granddad did. It, I, I'm, I'm me, and I gotta, you know, I gotta earn my respect." Yeah, obviously, I've uh, got some big shoes to fill. You know, For sure, but uh, you know, just other than that, like I said, I just you know, you just try to keep your nose clean. I mean, you got. I mean, obviously, <clears throat> the ultimate goal was moving up and racing and obviously the truck series or something of that matter i mean obviously it's it's pretty unlikely as right now but never say never i mean you don't know who's watching oh yeah that's that's another thing i was about to get at like you don't know who's paying attention like you got there and do something stupid yep well then they're gonna be like oh well i mean he's driving over his head why would you want to give that guy a chance why would you want to sponsor him right and, and further him in his racing career i mean that's why i've tried to and keep my nose clean and, and honestly talk to people and get to know a bunch of people at the racetrack because you never know who you're going to run into. See, that is I that is su- something that I try really hard to teach the younger guys is it's 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 as important to build relationships at the track as it is to get in the car and win races. Yes, because it's not it's not even who you know; it's who knows you. And how they feel about you. So like you said, if you came in with an attitude and, and, you know, kind of 
um, drove over your head or whatever, not as likely somebody's going to get behind you. But, you know, we're seeing some guys this year getting a chance in the truck series that, you know, and so you never know. It's all about just that one person saying, you know what, I like Michael and, you know, and I'd like to take him truck racing and here you are. Yeah, so like right now, I'm uh, I'm working for David Gill and racing the truck team. Well, there you go. Yeah, so so I mean, I see I mean, what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that's that's building relationships, yeah. folks. Right there, just go to work for a truck team, um, and tell them you're you're available. Okay, we'll be back with more with Michael right after this. Hey, I'm Howie Nisgaard. You're listening to Be Lab Radio. Welcome back to Lee Lamp. Howie DeSavino bringing us back out of the break. And Howie had his best ever finish in the NASCAR Xfinity Series a couple of weeks ago. Finished 17th. Great job, Howie, running for uh, Team Alpha Prime, which is Tommy Joe Martin's team, that uh, new organization that he formed with Cesar Baccarella going into this year. So uh, Howie running a part-time schedule doesn't get a whole lot of uh, opportunities, only a handful a year or so. And um, took advantage of uh, a lot of other people's misfortune and, and just ran a strong, steady race, finished 17th. Great job, Howie. Okay. We continue with Michael Baumgartner Jr., a third generation driver competing in the limited late model division at Hickory Motor Speedway. Um, so Michael, um, the, your first year in late model, you've won five times in a very competitive division what i mean without giving away any secrets what do you think has been kind of the reason for your success uh well we've definitely got the setup and the car dialed in for the most part but the bad thing is with the limited late models it's all about the tire draw yes we have we uh, we draw for our tires we don't know what we're going to get the day of the race and you're just uh, for our audience you're drawing and you get a set of tires that's it's a used set. Yes. You're on, you're on scuffs basically. Yes. So, yeah, they're uh, they're 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 pre-mounted tires. The track supplies the wheels, and right. we rent the tires for 160 bucks, which is better than a late model oh, and 750 dollars sure. yeah. a week. For it's 160 tires, yeah. bucks, so it's it's a good deal for the price. Yes, but uh, other than that, uh, yeah, it's all about the tire draw. It's just. It kind of sucks which tires you get because yeah. there's, there's been weeks. I mean, when we get the good tires, we have the cars and it's plenty capable. We're really good and we can win. But when you get those bad tires, it's. I mean, we there's one week we struggle to run seventh. So it's it's definitely uh, frustrating. But uh, from a, a call standpoint, it's really not that bad. It can be interesting from one set of tires to the other, right? Because a lot of it is trying to get stagger right and all of that. So how do you kind of compensate if you get a set of tires that isn't exactly what you're looking for? How do you compensate for that over the course of a race night? What other adjustments can you make? Uh, well, I mean, you can do a little bit with the stagger and air pressure and the, the track bar. But other than that, it's uh, you're just kind of at the mercy of the tires, really. It's a we really don't try to make wholesale changes because then we come back the next week and we get a and we get a good set of tires. We don't want to come back in the car and be all jacked up sure. and, and we're chasing the car. So if we have a bad set of tires and it, if the tires are punching like fifty five or fifty, then we we're kind of just 
along for the ride. We're just going to tough it out and get the best finish we can and come back the next week. That's all we really can do at that point. So, yeah. How, how is, uh, I mean, obviously, I think everybody in, in short track racing is seeing issues with tires at this point because of, you know, the, the tire shortages and, and just, you know, tires seem to be less reliable in some cases than maybe they, they were uh, in past years. How is that? Because that would seem to trickle down to your division because if the new tires are, sh- they're having shortages of those, or if maybe they're not as durable or the quality's not quite there, um, you're getting a scuffed version of that sort of yeah. not quite as good tire. So, I mean, it must be doubly hard for you guys right now. Or are you still getting tires from last season? Yeah. Should oh, be hockey pucks at there's, this point. You know, there's been tires that have been, I mean, I, I don't want to say maybe years old, like a few years old or a year old. And wow. and, and with, obviously, like you said, the tire shortage, like people that get tires at the track, yeah. they're not going to leave them there when they're done with them they're going to hang on to them because they need something to test on they want decent tires to go test on if they're going to go test and these bigger teams they 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 hang on to their tires and rightfully so i mean they need something to test on just like everybody else and then it just makes it hard because then they're having to hang on to their tires and they're not that creates a shortage of the scuffs yeah and then uh, then at that point you're just uh, the tracks are just looking for whatever to throw in the pile And it's not, and it's nothing of their fault with all the shortages and no. stuff. But it, it, uh, it does just kind of suck. But uh, you know, we're just making the best of it so far with the, with what we got. So. Well, and that's all you can really do. It, it just makes it more unpredictable for you, and kind of gives more, a little bit, probably more frustrating at times because you know there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing much the track can do. Maybe exchange a tire or something if it's yeah. just really bad. But it, it, it's, it's. I mean, still, the price is right for the set of scuffs, right? But you want tires that you can work with, and that I imagine that could be kind of a tricky situation right now. I mean, you go back maybe like a year or so or two years ago in Limited, the yeah. tires were more even. because sure. I mean, obviously, right. you're getting scuffs, so obviously there's going to be a bad set. Right. But you get a bad set, then you're going to run like fifth right a competitive fifth not like five seconds back yeah. fifth. so yeah it's it does get a little bit frustrating but i mean at the end of the day we know what we're going to get into at the racetrack sure. we want to go race and hickory's the closest it's 20 minutes down the road so i mean you just gotta you gotta pick your poison really and your division puts on such great shows i mean there you know you've won a bunch of races akinori oh god has been just extremely hot yes um he's won what three four races i think now um talk a little bit about the limited division because in some ways i feel like there's a lot of weeks the racing's more competitive in that division than it is in the late model stocks although this year i feel like it's kind of evened out a little bit yeah no absolutely no uh uh, now I've gotten to race with the uh, Akinorio got a good bit this year, and uh, for, for the most part, it's not been too bad. It's been pretty clean, and we've raced hard. And, and luckily, I mean, I think Limited has been more better or better of not tearing stuff up than Late Model yeah. has, because there's been a lot of guys in Late oh, Model gosh. that has tore stuff up week in and week out. And to be honest, I don't know how they do it. I was like, it. I mean, if if we would something bad was happening, they don't to us, think clearly yeah. sometimes. <laughs> That's how they do it. Yeah, I've had people ask bad me, decisions. 
if I asked me if I'm going to move up and run a late model, and I'm like, right now, it's like, I don't think I want to. Yeah. You know, but it, with what we got, what we're racing. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't know if you're going to leave there with a, the, the clip knocked off of it or a, the whole body. It's just, man, it's been crazy. But. There really isn't that much difference between the two. I mean, in terms of, I mean, yeah, okay, there's, what, half a second maybe of speed, but relatively when you're racing side by side with people yeah. do you really pay attention to that i mean you're the no. whole point is competition and boy the limited class certainly has it yeah i mean you're going from a limited to late model you ain't talking 100 horsepower right i mean it's not going from like a late model to a super late model where there's two 300 right. horsepower difference exactly so it's it's not that bad i don't think i don't think if once i get to a point where we do move up it's not gonna be like you get in and go like wow we're going like really fast yeah. straight away it's not gonna be like that but speed wise or time wise there's been times when we've got a decent set at the end of 50 laps we're running just as fast as the late models at yeah. the end of their second twin 40 which will be around about same tires depending on how many laps we get with the used tires sure. but uh yeah it's really not that i i don't think it's that big of a difference besides just uh uh I don't want to say talent, but uh, well, experience and craft. Yeah, ex- yeah. experience. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean that's the limited is is the starter division usually, and then you you move into the stock from there. So yeah, the experience base would be. But as we've seen, experience doesn't necessarily mean cleaner, better racing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Sometimes I think experience breeds a little bit of. Um, uh, you know, maybe some guys think they're better or capable of making moves that maybe they're not. And <laughs> I feel like when you're learning, maybe you're not quite so aggressive. Sometimes. Yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't say I've been aggressive, but uh, I've gotten to a point where now, like, you're racing hard with a guy, he kind of, you're trying to get by him, he kind of cuts you off, cuts you off. Yeah. Well, then it gets to a point where you just go in there and you just, you just let him turn across your nose and he'll just move himself out yeah. of the way and just hold your ground really right. you don't want to let people push you around because then you'll be like well all right well this guy's be pushed this around. guy's easy you, yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh other than that i don't think i've i've tried since i've been learning and you know i'm newer so i don't want to come in there and be like <laughs> getting after it doring people roughing people up because then yeah see you i feel like it would be somewhat easy for you to have that mindset since you're a third gen driver it's kind of like you know but you're not like that at all and you're not, and you're certainly not like that as an individual you're a very humble guy so you're coming in saying look i gotta learn the ropes it doesn't matter what yeah. my dad and my granddad did it i i'm i'm me and i gotta you know I got to earn my respect. Yeah, obviously I've uh, got some big shoes to fill. You know, For sure. But, uh, you know, just other than that, like I said, I just, you know, you just try to keep your nose clean. I mean, you got, I mean, obviously <clears throat> the ultimate goal was moving up and racing and obviously the truck series or something of that matter. I mean, obviously it's it's pretty unlikely as of right now. But Never say never. I mean. You don't know who's watching. Oh, yeah. That's an, that's another thing I was about to get at. Like, you don't know who's paying attention. Like, you go out exactly. there and do something stupid. Yep. Well, then they're going to be like, oh, well, I mean, look, he's driving over his head. Why would you want to give that guy a chance? Or why would you want to sponsor him right. and, and further him in his racing career? I mean, that's why I've tried to. And keep my nose clean and, and honestly talk to people and get to know a bunch of people at the racetrack because you never know who you're going to run into. See, that is I that is su- something that I try really hard to teach the younger guys is it's 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 as important to build relationships at the track as it is to get in the car and win races. Yes. Because it's not 
it's not even who you know, it's who knows you and how they feel about you. So like you said, if you came in with an attitude and, and you know, kind of um, drove over your head or whatever, not as likely somebody's going to get behind you. But, you know, we're seeing some guys this year getting a chance in the truck series that, you yes. know, and so you never know. It's mm-hmm. all about just that one person saying, you know what? I like Michael and, you know, and I'd like to take him truck racing and here you are. Yeah. So like right now I'm, uh, I'm working for David Gillen racing the truck team. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, I see I mean, what I mean. Yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> that's building relationships yeah. folks right there. Just go to work for a truck team um, and tell them you're, you're available. Okay. We'll be back with more with Michael right after this.